0: So, welcome back. And not only are we back on Restless, we are back to school because it is September. And that's the great month for going back to school. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport. And you've joined Lauren and Paul as we reminisce about our school days. But for some of us, our school days are not over yet because I teach in a school and Lauren recently got a job in a school.
1: That's correct.
0: Tell us about your new job.
1: I work at the same school as Father Joseph. I'm now the director of operations, which means helping the school run its student services, schedules, events, um, supporting the kids and the teachers, and just making things happen. <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of different things. <laughs>
2: yeah. well, you do, any, do you do any teaching still?
1: I am also doing some teaching. It's
2: exciting. Which would be PE. Gym class. Yeah.
0: Well, for somebody who was a semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee player.
2: And I always loved gym. And all-around athlete. And
0: all-around athlete.
1: I don't get the kids that don't want to participate. I just don't get that. That was, I
2: don't, that was very much me. Really? You didn't You didn't I, go I, for I, gym? I, I didn't subscribe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I loved but but it was mandatory, though, wasn't it? Yeah. So you just kind of... I just kind of did my own. I mean, you can't really get like a B or C in gym, right? No. I, mean, I think
1: they do a pass-fail, but I don't know if... That and then think, makes the kids think they only have to do a little, you know. Yeah. But so we'll see how it goes because that will probably be the hardest part is motivating the kids that don't want to do anything.
0: Sure, and you have some big classes. Yeah. Because you have like all the middle schoolers all at once. Yeah. Exciting. And that's like thirty-five yeah. kids or something like that. That's that's hard and to I'm find a game. To break that,
1: up guys, boys and girls, I think too for certain things. Oh
0: yeah, you have some really so the girls will competitive boys. Yeah. And probably some competitive girls out there too.
1: That's a fun challenge for the year.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Nice. So is it weird being back in school?
1: Uh, For me, it is not. No, I wouldn't say. So I started at this school back at the end of April because there was um, an opening for someone who left in the front office. So I got a few months in at the end of the year and it was a pretty seamless um, transition, I guess, because I already know a bunch of kids from youth group. Oh, true. And from working at this school before. Yeah. Um, which I did. Could probably their siblings too. During COVID. Yeah. So I know a bunch of people already here and I work with kids already and I like working with kids and doing games with them and I pick things up quickly. I'm very organized and everything that I'm doing, it just kind of fits. Good. There's so like this is Some smooth marketing transition. to it, some websites, some email communication stuff. It's all things that I've done but now in a school with kids. And I can also say my dad has been telling me I don't know, since maybe I graduated college that I should become a teacher. Mm. And I would always say, "But what would I teach?" Like I am not someone that loves history or literature or math, right? Like I don't have a passion like that. Huh. But it's seeming now that it's very fitting that I'm in this school for both the school and for me. So So maybe. Well, I mean, I have a role in a school now.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm true. not
1: really well, I'm teaching gym, but I'm helping the school run. <laughs> yeah. And it's a good fit, I think for me and for the kids.
0: That's funny cuz ever since I was a little kid, I loved teaching. Like I remember when I was like 4 or 5 or maybe maybe 6 or 7, I would play play school and I would always be the teacher and my little sister would always be the student. She didn't really always like that, but mm. like I would design my own tests and quizzes and she'd have to take them and
1: Did you stomp her on every question? Did you make it really um, hard? I can't
0: remember. I was, was like math. I used to be like really into math. My mom rem- remembers that I would go to parties and instead of socializing, I'd do long division problems.
2: That's weirdo- really. I was. <laughs> that's really. Which is so
0: funny because I hate math now with a passion. Oh, like so once funny. they started using letters like in algebra, I'm like, this is not math anymore. I can't do it. The only time I got really excited was trigonometric proofs.
2: They were really wow. Fun. They were really fun for me, and I did a lot of them for fun. Like I would just go through the chapter and do the trigonometric proofs.
0: Wow. So, so you went, you know, calculus, trigonometry. What's, what's after that?
2: Well, I think well, trig was part of pre-calc, if I remember
0: correctly. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then you go to calculus.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you take math in college too? Yeah. I took
2: several math courses in college.
0: Was that your best subject and your,
2: your uh, passionate subject? I mean, I got a lot of A's just generally, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean,
0: I- uh, What I, was your GPA? Uh, 3.83. Oh, nice. Nice. Mine was 3.8. Yep. So Lauren's remaining quiet.
1: Are you talking about college?
0: No, no, no. High school. Oh.
2: No, no. High school. Oh, high school. High school. That was college. Yeah. High oh, school. college. I don't know. High what school. I got. I got. Well, it was like the weird five point three scale because of AP courses. Oh, okay. So I think it was like a four point. It wasn't that great. It was like Overachiever two or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's actually. I mean, not I was great. I was twenty six or twenty seven out of four hundred in, I mean, kind of in my class. That's not too bad.
0: It's not terrible. I was first. I was first in my class. It's exciting. But I was homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> So
2: <laughs> You're the, you didn't have a twin. So if you had a twin, then it could have been competitive. Yeah, yeah. It so would have been two of you in the same class. Yeah, I was homecoming or if king. You were I was held, like, yeah, everything. Ever held back, it or was one of your siblings were held back, or something. That could have been another situation by which you would have had competition.
0: That's true. That's true. No, actually, I, I actually skipped a grade. I oh, Skipped wow. third grade. Yep. Yeah, I went. I transferred from public school to a Catholic school, mm. and the Catholic school was actually less rigorous than the public school. That's strange. Yeah, it's usually the other way around. But I went, uh, I went to Catholic school
2: 10 years. 10 years. We had to diagram sentences. That was fun. I like, I actually liked doing that. Did you have to diagram sentences? Yeah. It's that was
1: not a public school thing. It was
2: a Catholic school it thing. It was very <laughs> much a Catholic school thing. Yeah. But <laughs> was well, only in the 90s. It's know.
0: made me a better writer. They
1: do it here at Cardinal Kong. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they had a diagramming relay race, and I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> that is really cool. I funny. witnessed it, but it, I, I don't know what that is. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's a good day. They did
0: it because there's a pizza party for the team that wins. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Good motivation. Yep. So so when you look back on your school experiences, were they kind of positive, negative, mix? I don't have like big negative college was hard for me, I would say.
2: Um not not academically. I thought college was easy academically, but I thought it was it was hard socially and then high school was just a blur. Mm. And then I went to the same school for ten years from pre K through eighth grade, uh, Catholic school. So that was like every year was the same. No, probably I the exact same with, classma- we, classmates, right? I mean. Yeah, we changed we changed uniforms from 5th to 6th grade. We went from like the the elementary school uniforms to the middle school uniforms and we started to move classes. That's exciting. Did you get lockers? We always had lockers. Oh, you did, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess 3rd grade that we got a new wing and so then we got for one year I went to the new wing and I had a like a cubby thing in the classroom. But
0: then when we moved back to the old wing for fourth grade, we got a normal locker. That was one of the hardest things being homeschooled. Was when I went to college, I had never figured out how to do those like circular locks.
2: Oh, no, we it didn't. Took I mean, me, they weren't. Our lockers were weeks in, in, in Catholic school. Really? They were unlocked,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. You just trust everybody.
2: Yeah. So actually, I had oh. to learn that when I went to high school.
0: Wow. I don't know. Do you yeah. have fond memories of, of school?
1: I always liked school, yes. Really? Yeah. Definitely elementary school. I loved it. I'd say middle school too. I loved it.
0: Wow. I don't think I've ever met anyone that loved middle school.
1: I just loved school. That's awesome. What was it about? You just
0: like learning or? Yeah. Hanging out with The other kids.
1: I always played a sport every season from seventh grade through 12th grade. So I was always in season, you know, that was always, um, a big focus. I played an instrument clarinet from fourth grade through college. Um, yeah, I liked getting good grades, which I did. Awesome. (laughs) You know? Um, yeah, I'd like to know from you though, what is going back to school like as a homeschool kid?
0: Well, so when I first got assigned as chaplain to Trinity High School, which is kind of the predecessor to Cardinal Kung and Trinity's, you know, it was a good school, I suppose, but, uh, you know, it had its rough characters. It's in, you know, drew from some rough neighborhoods here in Stanford. So I, I definitely kind of had this idea that like in school, people would, like beat each other up in the hallways and, you know, sold drugs in the bathroom and things like that. And so that was, that was my vision coming in. And when I got there, I found it was all true.
1: Oh God. <laughs> so oh, I wasn't that bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. They did the drugs in their cars before coming. <laughs> oh, <okay, yeah. laughs> but no, I mean they had a, they had a drug problem. They had, there was I didn't see too many fights, a couple fights, but not not many. But I guess one thing that I learned from the other side of it was you know when I was um, younger, I was kind of you know we have those visions of like what school is like when I was homeschooled. I was like yeah, because my parents were cool about like you know if you want to go back to high school, you can. And that's what I thought. It's like, well, I don't really want to go into the situation where there's drugs, and people beating each other up, and you know everyone's getting pregnant every you know every every weekend or whatever and uh you know what i what I found though coming back as an adult was that everybody's first of all human and everybody wants to be loved hmm. you know, and if you just love them, they respond in surprising ways. you know I had great relationships with with pretty much every kid in that school wow. um, with most of them really i mean it was not wasn't, wasn't a huge school, it was four hundred kids but you know, got to know their names, hung out with them at football practice and, and uh, really just great relationships. So it was, it was nice being able to be there and to be a mentor and to kind of say, look, you know, maybe, maybe we should uh, lay off the vapes for now. <laughs> but also to bring Christ yeah. into it, into the school. Right. Because I think high school is a pretty vulnerable age mm. where you're kind of open to changing who you are. You know, who you are as a freshman is probably very different than who you are as a, soft, uh, as a, as a senior. I'd imagine for for a lot of kids,
2: yeah. I don't know. I've been kind of unabashedly myself since I can remember,
0: but that's me. That's I'm good. Weird and, I'm weird. No, that's a good thing. yeah, that's a good thing. I think
2: I remember yeah, actually, now that I mentioned it, there was there was a really hard period when I was in elementary school because I don't know in Catholic sc- in my Catholic school at least they just we got hammered with homework, like so much homework we probably had now I was dumb, but like so it took me longer. I didn't really become a good student until sixth grade, but seventh grade maybe. But um, we'd get probably four or five hours of homework every night. Wow. And it was actually, it was really hard. Um, So I struggled with that quite a bit. And then middle school things got a bit easier, maybe because I just
0: matured and grew up a bit. Yeah. Do you guys remember any teachers that made a particularly big impact on your life? Yes. I do. Um, (laughs) Do you you want to tell us about them? (laughs) Well,
2: I had a couple of teachers I didn't like.
0: Oh, okay. So That's fair.
2: Impact, um, but positive impact. Yeah, I mean, I had I had several teachers in the Catholic school that were quite good. Um, that I remember, I remember my fifth grade teacher was really, really good teacher and was excited about American history and things that I liked. She liked math and American history and things like that, so that was good. Mm. Um, and then middle school, I had this awesome uh, science teacher, Mrs. Johnson, and she was just really fun and made made kind of boring middle school science fun and exciting. and oh, that's good. Um, and I remember pretty much everything from that class, which is cool. Oh, and then Mrs. Maynard, who was a history teacher in middle school, she was awesome. She was, I remember almost everything from that class. I can even remember like papers I wrote and everything. So that was all history for three oh, years. So you made an impact. And so that was huge. Yeah. And I, she probably spurred my love of history and things. So that was, that was really important. And in high school, probably less. So there was one teacher, Mr. Shaw. he was a chemistry teacher. I had him for two years for advanced chem and then... AP Chem, and he was awesome. I again, I remember almost everything from that class. Everyone got fives on the AP exam, and we, we none of us studied. We didn't have to. Wow, it was just yeah. such a good class. It Taught good so class. well. Yeah. We also were required to take chemistry before we took AP Chem to ensure that everyone did well on the AP <laughs> exam. Uh, <laughs> got to make common, it look good, but like it was very rigorous. Um, so yeah, those were those were some really good experiences. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have like I went I didn't go to a Catholic high school, and my elementary school was Catholic, and we did have religion course every day, but I don't remember anything really. We did uh, church history. That was probably half a year in eighth grade. That was probably the most memorable. Mm. A lot of it wasn't—I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about the school, but I think, like, 90s religious ed curriculum in Catholic school wasn't the most rigorous. Not always. And a lot of the teachers probably weren't the most orthodox themselves, so— I mean, there were some really good teachers, but so I don't want to say anything too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything too negative, but it was. It could well, have
0: been better. That was that was part of the reason I got taken out of the school. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember. I'll never forget going to a, a school mass when I was probably in sixth grade because I was that was the last year I was in Catholic school, and uh, it was All Saints' Day, and so we prayed for the intercession of Saint Gandhi and Saint uh, Martin Luther King Jr.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Wait, really? <laughs> and even then, I was kind of like, "Wait a second! <laughs> I don't think these people are saints."
2: No, probably not.
0: I mean, I mean, you know, I pray they're in heaven and they're wonderful people without a doubt, but you know, you do kind of have to be Catholic to be a saint. So at least a canonized saint. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. We don't, we don't canonize others except for, have you ever heard of Saint Guinefort? No. This is the most bizarre thing. It's it's a not officially canonized, but popularly acclaimed saint who was a greyhound dog. What?
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And the story goes back in the Middle Ages that there was this dog who, uh, the master was like left it alone to take, to basically like watch over this baby. And the master came back after a day and saw the the crib was totally upturned and the dog had blood on its mouth and the baby was nowhere to be seen. And so, you know, the owner's like, Oh my gosh, you ate my my baby. Right. And so he actually slaughtered the dog and killed the dog because he was so enraged that the Mm -hmm. dog potentially ate the baby. But then he, he was cleaning up the room. He flipped over the cradle and saw the baby totally alive and a viper that was dead Oh, wow. right next to it. So the, so the dog oh, wow. had sacrificed its life to kill this viper to, to protect the baby. And so because of that, when they buried the dog, like the townspeople heard about this and they all started going out to the dog's graveside and like like praying to the dog. Okay, <laughs> not a real saint. No, <laughs> no it's not, not <laughs> so a real we saint.
2: Haven't, we haven't canonized any Eastern saints subsequent to 1054. Is that true? Uh, that is true, yeah. Or we don't recognize. We don't when recognize. They, when they canonize or whatever they're... Yeah, we
0: don't... I, I mean... I mean maybe, I don't I don't know, but I don't know. Hmm. that's a good question. That's a great question, actually. Yeah. Because there are a lot of like eighteenth century, even nineteenth century uh, Eastern Orthodox saints. Yeah. I, I think of Saint recognize- Tikon
2: or Tikton. Oh, like uh carpenter? Or that's tecton.
0: That's tecton, okay. which is the yeah, Greek word for carpenter, but no okay. T- Saint Tikton. Okay. Or some of the passion sufferers like Saint Boris and Gleb.
2: Yeah. I wonder if we've recognized them. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Good question. Mm -hmm. But we don't recognize Protestants as saints. I mean, certainly many Protestants are far holier than I will ever be. Mm -hmm. And there are probably a tremendous amount of Protestants in heaven, I hope, God willing. Mm -hmm. But yeah.
2: Yeah. So school. So
1: how does homeschool work in high school? Are you being taught by your mom or are you learning yourself?
0: Um, Because I was the oldest and there were four younger siblings, my mom kind of uh, just gave me the book and said go learn this on your own but we used a program and there's a lot of programs out there the one we used is from front royal virginia called Seton home study school oh, so yeah. they'll send you that's the, famous it's very famous it's yeah. probably i think the original really mm. and they would send you the books and the tests and you take the tests and send them back through the mail and really yeah i mean yeah and so oh, wow. my diploma my high school diploma is from virginia even though i never once set foot in virginia for an educational reason interesting huh but uh yeah, this was, this was of course, back before the internet. So, like, if we had a question, we'd had to actually call up and say, hey, on page 75, I have a question about such and such. Oh, wow. Right. And they had teachers that were on call. Uh, oh. So it was to. almost
2: like a hybrid then, kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had different options. It was like self-study. Yeah. Now I think you can use videos and they have, like, online tests, so it's a little bit easier. And then but... there's the proper hybrid programs where they actually have schools. Yeah, there's 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 a couple of them in Connecticut where you go to school two days a week and then three days a week you do... Yeah. Well, Cardinal school.
2: Kung has like a hybrid program, right?
0: They do. You they have, have a, a hybrid option. Courses. Yeah. So I guess there's three if you count Cardinal Kung. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's pretty good. So what was it like going to um, Steubenville then when you- No, oh, Steubenville's
0: was, filled with homeschoolers. It
2: well, I know, but still, it's still a bigger, it's a big relatively compared to not out of school. It's a big school. Yeah, it and was a big school. And classes and I think schedules and- For me,
0: the hardest adjustment was hour and 15 minute classes because when I was homeschooled, the classes were no longer than half an hour. Right. So keeping your attention for an hour and fifteen minutes, especially when you didn't sleep much the night before, that was tough. Yeah. So I guess two-hour chemistry courses for you—that's what I had. Would would have been torture. Yeah. And yeah. No, that'd be. The labs are fun, but no, the the rest of them. Yeah. That'd be that'd be tough. Wow. That's crazy. But. Yeah, but my school experience is very different than yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, now as an adult, like, would you ever consider going back to school to get a, an advanced degree or? Well, my certification. School, my, my
2: schooling officially ended on February seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. What happened at that moment? Rush Limbaugh died, and so the I, <laughs> I ended my studies at the Limbaugh Institute for Advanced Conservative Studies. It? <laughs> Which I was a lifelong member. I don't think you get
0: a end. degree from there.
2: No, you don't. It's because you know it was supposed to be never ending.
0: That's right. That's you know, right. You never
2: finished, but then he died, so I guess it's done. <laughs> anyway, that was sad when he died, Rush it was Limbaugh. Sad. It was yeah, sad. but. Um, no, I'm not going back to school unless I have lots of free time and I would study something completely different than what I do. What would you study? I would study probably like philosophy or theology or something more entertaining than finance. Hmm. That's fair.
1: I went back to school.
0: You did go back to school? Yes. What, what degree did I you get or what I have
1: a master's degree <laughs> in sports management. So that's Awesome. I, didn't, I actually didn't know you had a sports master's. Sports and events. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um... So I my undergraduate degree is in architecture, and I also have a minor in human development, hmm. family resource science, because I was always interested in psychology, hmm. understanding development in children, and it was easy. So easy compared to architecture, for sure. Um, but working in architecture uh, is not glorious at all, I will say. I did it for five years, and I was at a small firm, which I liked, because I could help out with clients when they would come in for renovations, which is what my firm mostly did. Like we're going to put on an addition on our home, new master suite, bedroom bath, Mm -hmm. right? And like a family room below. That's like a standard thing, but there's always problems to solve because there's a max square footage for the house and there's setbacks on the property lines and things like that. And of course, budget. Um, So that is fun, but that's actually really brief. What takes forever is doing the drawings in AutoCAD. So I got to a point where I was like, I cannot just be working in this one program, eight hours a day, every day. Mm -hmm. It's like sucking my soul and there's (laughs) no human interaction. Mm. The architect that I work for is just a grumpy person. I'll just say that he is. I mean, I think he's known for it. Um, So yeah, that was just miserable. And you know, people would say, why don't you go to a different firm? But they all, the bigger ones, you're only doing the, the AutoCAD and it's maybe like, I don't know, bathroom tiles for every bathroom, like in the floor of a building. Oh my gosh. Very, it can be then um, kind of more... That singular. minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, minute details. And I've been into firms and I see that, right? Everyone's sitting there. Like I actually just went into one not that long ago in the spring and it's this beautiful office on the water in Harbor Point, but everyone's just quiet sitting on their computer. And I talked to the principal and she's like, we want more interaction, but they just sit there and do their work. It's like, well, because they have to because there's so much work. Sure, sure. So I knew even before I finished my degree, actually as a senior, I was like, there is no way. <laughs> There's no way I'm going all the way with this because the the field requires a masters, mm. which I I was mm. done at that point of, you know, it's like 3 years of very intense studio, um it's a ton of time. Um it's draining and I knew I didn't have the passion. Mm. Um so then you have to get a masters, and then you have to pass, I think it's a six-part exam now, it's changed in 5 years to become licensed. Wow. To have people not want to pay you because they don't understand the value of drawings. <laughs> Like they don't get it, but anyway. Yeah. So and, I, I and the time that. it takes to make those drawings. Yeah, all the time with my boss of not getting paid and. Really. Yeah, and um, how to structure a job? Like do it hourly, or do you guess ahead of time? I think it will take this many hours, but then if we start to go over, then he's making less money right? Mm. If they change things a lot, right? So it's just a kinds of stress. But anyway, I worked there and I did other things at the time, but I was trying to figure out what to do next. And I ended up, I was coaching basketball, sports, blah, blah, blah. I found a program at the University of New Haven and I liked that Their sports management program was in their business school. Some schools don't have, have it like UConn, it's in education. Um, anyway, I had never taken any business courses because I was an architecture student. So uh finance or accounting, marketing, sport law, like business 101, like, you know, just like a broad spectrum of business courses, mm-hmm. but then all your case studies and everything was related to sports, like sure. NFL, right? Major leagues, um, international leagues. So that was great. Yeah. It was really fun.
0: So did you ever work in that field or?
1: Yeah. Well, I went on to work in events, so it's for sports and events. Mm. But I would say, yeah, I did. And I got a 4.0, since you brought that up. <laughs> and I got an award.
0: Nice. outstanding graduate student. Excellent. Oh, wow. Um, Where did you, where'd you get your degree from?
1: University of New Haven.
0: Oh, nice. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was a small school unlike Ohio State, my college. Mm.
2: When, when you were absolutely an
1: Absolutely massive.
2: When you were an architecture <laughs> student, I remember the architecture kids at my school, they only took 40 a year. It was a very small program. I don't know if Ohio State was the same way. We're but like
1: it, 80, I'd say.
2: Yeah, so- still small for, for that size of school were you like in the lab or in the studio until 3 a.m every day for four years or however long
1: it's not all four years but the week before any review like mid review and final review you were there like all day and all night the people that like, I knew, my till friends 7 a.m i would say yeah my wow. friends that,
2: my friends that were in architecture they would literally they would sleep at in the building the architecture building Many nights. That's well. And it, it's decade. just
1: the amount of work that you have to produce takes so much time mm. because you're designing it, obviously. And depending on your teacher, they will have you continue to change it too close to the deadline, which is kind of cruel. Yeah, so you can't do it. Cruel, in, yeah, so can't do cruel, it like but they weeks want you to spend that time in the studio, I think, because they did it. So then you have to um, do a physical model a lot of the time and those are just time consuming. They're fun but like I remember starting my I think I started one at midnight once and it took me all night and I thought it was a simple one because I was using the laser laser cutter mm. um, and I totally cut the corners and if you know Le Corbusier he's the most famous architect ever. One of his students was a professor at my um, school and he looked at my he's French he looked at my mom like this is terrible <laughs> because I used chicken wire to, to like emulate this glass and uh, steel structure that kind of went through this building like a virus. And the chicken wire just was kind of very smooth. And I'm like, there was no way that I was going to take the time to like cut individual pieces of whatever to make it look like steel jaggedly going through a building. Like Mm. that would have taken forever. So I took the shortcut and it still took all night. You know yeah, but anyway, you just have so much to produce, and then there's a computer model as well that you then use to create renderings, and those take time and then the light, and then there's your sections, your plans, your elevations, and then details. So sometimes you'll have an axonometric drawing or a cut through something, and then you make them look pretty. It's not like a construction set, like you add color and put them on a big board, like
0: sure, you sure. Know, so anyway, I mean, I've seen that a know, ton of time at different churches when they're p- planning to put on a renovation or an addition, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll have those the structures and they'll have the, the, you know, the mock-ups and everything. Yeah, And it does amaze me. It yeah. really does. I mean, it's really expensive.
2: They're, <laughs> architecture work is expensive. It
0: must be. Cause it yeah. sounds like you put a heck of a lot of work into it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, so, so let's bring this all back to our, our Catholic faith, right? Yeah. So how do you, uh, as an adult, as a young adult, how do you continue your, your Catholic education? right? Are you reading any good Catholic books right now, attending any Catholic classes, seminars? I mean, I know you guys are very involved in the Catholic community, but it can be easy to just kind of plateau with our education on the faith and just be like, all right, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I've found the, I mean, it's probably not ideal, but it's what I've found
2: works. I've, I found like the podcast universe has been really helpful because mm. there's so much good stuff out there and it's audio and I can passively listen to it or actively listen to it. I'm in the car a lot and. I, when I'm doing monotonous work at work, I'll listen to podcasts, and it's very helpful to mm-hmm. stay up to date. So that's what, that's what I've been doing. And I've read a lot of books, too, but reading has been really hard lately because I'm tired a lot.
0: Mm. So yeah, what are your favorite
2: focus? podcasts? I listen to a lot of Pints with Aquinas. I listen to Council of Trent with Trent Horn. Um, <laughs> he does have the best name for that. <laughs> yeah, I really like Godsplaining, Poco a Poco. The Godsplaining is the Dominican one um poco a poco Bocos Bocos franciscan yeah wow yeah cfr so i get both sides yeah <laughs> they're both great they're very different they're two sides so of the same different. coin yeah i wish they would come together and do a poco a poco god-splaining like mashup they all Ooh. they had a lot of them know each other because mm. they've been in new york together sure, um sure and elsewhere but yeah so uh up so that, that would be kind of cool but those are those are probably the ones i listen to the most i listen to the bishop's podcast let me be frank on very catholic network
0: definitely recommend that yeah 'Cause you have to. After you listen to restless all <laughs> of right. our episodes.
2: That's right. I don't listen
0: to all of our episodes. What what? No. You don't listen to all of our episodes. I don't listen to all of our episodes, no. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm on ninety ninety nine percent of them.
2: Right.
1: Um I went through a podcast phase, I will say, that I really turned a lot of content in. Um Scott Hahn. The road to Emmaus, but I've mm. kind of plateaued. I guess like I'll try different ones, but I'm super particular. So if I don't like, like even the tone of the person's voice, <laughs> or if it's not a good quality sound, where it's yeah, just it pulls away from it.
0: If there's too much banter at the beginning,
1: I haven't. Yeah, like uh, the banter bothers Catholic me. stuff. You should know. I tried that one for a bit, I think, mm. but then the the banter.
2: It's too much to it has for me. To, it has to be conversational, though, for me. Like I can't just listen. I can't just listen to a lecture. Oh, really? That doesn't work. It's really helpful to be conversational.
1: I like good lectures.
0: Yeah, I like good lectures. Sometimes I'll go and if I'm driving,
1: maybe. if
2: I'm
0: driving, maybe there's a YouTube channel called Census Fidelium. Okay. there's Father Chad Ripperger is oh, yeah. kind of their big yeah. headliner, but they have other other talks that are very solidly orthodox and really uh, mm. very ferv- fervently Catholic.
2: Yep. Yeah, no. So that's, that's what I've done. I was I was in a big uh, spiritual reading phase for a while, especially during COVID. Mm. But that has since ceased. I'm mm. about, but that's the state of life for which I find myself in. Yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of young adults at the time. We're, you know, it's funny because we're at my parish. We're, we're gonna start a parish library. We okay. got donations of. We we were gonna sell these books, but we ended up not selling them at our festival because people go to a festival to eat fried dough not buy <laughs> religious books, right? <laughs> so we have probably 250 books, really good books that uh, were donated. So we're, we're going to build a parish library, but I do, I am concerned that it's not going to get as much use as it should because I think people are so busy to, to sit down and read a book.
2: Yeah. But I think the, the dozen people that use it will find it very useful. So, and it's probably worth it for that.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: there are a lot of people that love to read, Yeah. but I'm the type of person that I really have no interest in reading fiction.
2: Mm. I'm reading, and I've been
1: that way for a long time. Like I, I don't care about a story that's not real. I (laughs) want to learn if I'm going to take the time to read. Yeah, but I also challenge with. I have the challenge of not having a lot of time. I hope to do spiritual reading over the summer because I have the Way of Perfection, which I asked for for Christmas. Ooh, and I, I I never got there. I was like, the goal is to go down to Greenwich Point (laughs) and read. By the water because I paid for my pass, you know, and I've never got there.
0: That, that's a kind of commitment to get down to Todd's point, yeah. and it's like fifteen Greenwich.
1: minutes from here. Okay, all right. From Stanford, all right. But anyway, it didn't happen. And then if I try to read at night, I'm usually tired. Yeah, you know, so it's like your mental energy. It's like a really small amount of time to actually be able to read before it just up.
0: Oh, sure. Sleep. Do you guys ever go to any classes though that like a parish is offering a Bible study or?
1: Oh yeah. I'm in Endow.
0: yeah, which is a beautiful Quickly, women's Bible study. Women's,
1: yeah, we're gonna do Saint Thomas Aquinas. this
0: That's moment. intellectual. What, what, we just what, finished what Saint
1: Catherine of Siena. It's a series called Endow. It's a book that's created oh. by this company, and so there's readings oh, and see, discussion like, questions.
2: Different series you can buy. Right? Yeah. It sounds
0: like the more intellectual intellectual version of Walking with Purpose.
1: Is that's what Bible? Yeah, it's Bible for, study for for women.
0: Yeah, no. but it's a little bit uh, not not in any way to. Talk bad about it because it's great, but you know, very um, life application mm. and perhaps less right. less yeah, intellectual. These are
1: saints or humana vitae.
0: Oh, so the good documents of the church yeah. and the writers. Exactly. Beautiful. But good. I would love to Cosmultry. I would love to
2: take a year sabbatical and go to school. Would you? Yeah, I would do that. I would have to quit my job and then <laughs> find a new job, but yeah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you wouldn't <It's> <laughs> impossible.
0: It's not impossible.
2: It's not impossible.
0: Especially in your line of work, it's probably pretty easy to find a job. False. False, really? Yeah, gaps
2: in resumes in my line of work are very hard to overcome. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. it's actually quite hard. And I'm—I know of people that have, once they have a gap in their resume, it takes them sometimes a year to find a new job.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's hard. To well, hard I thought in the finance, very accounting quit world, there's and always and then
1: immediately start applying again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but just turn them all down. That,
2: well, then I would be able to go to job. school. The small gap is okay, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I gotta well, to have, yeah. a and if, yeah, have a mortgage. So, yeah, even more exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and at some point, perhaps God willing, you'll retire and then you have lots well, of time probably not but i probably do something always yeah but once you retire then you can go back get your theology my degree. dad
2: retired and took a full-time professorship and still has his law practice so that's that's my dad's
0: version that's of retirement.
2: retirement That's my dad's version. wow so, but he's no back in school. golf in florida Talk about going back to school he's in back in school
0: good well that's good that the door's not closed that's right hopefully not for you guys either yeah well thanks for joining us on this uh reminiscing episode of back to school on restless and uh You know, as human beings, we're all constantly learning. And as Catholics, we have to constantly be growing in our faith. So even if you're not in school, make sure that uh, you are still learning all about Jesus Christ and his love for you. And if you are in school, don't waste that time. Use that time wisely because an education is one of the greatest gifts God can give us so that you can develop your talents to become the man or woman God has created you to be. So tune in next time. And uh, you can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.9 FM. God bless.